What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Monday, March 25th, 2013, and you guys are listening to episode 104. Uh, I am very sorry. I know um, I know this one is late again, and I said I was going to do it earlier. I did take my equipment with me, actually, to do this uh, on the road, but uh, I had to be up at 5.30 every morning to catch all these airplanes, and uh, it did not work out that way. Then I came home. I was dealing with some stuff yesterday, so uh, happy to be back on here. Again, sorry it's late. But um, not going on the road for a while, and, and things are going to settle down here. So hopefully I'll be getting back to Friday nights or early Saturdays. But I really want to be consistent with getting them on Fridays. Uh, so sorry about that. If you usually listen to this at work on Mondays, I do apologize. Again, the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app today on your iPhone which allows you to send messages to your favorite podcasts that are on Butterfly Radio. You can leave up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcast, uh, including the Verzi effect. So send me a audio message, and I will get back to you. I will get back to you um, responding uh, with a audio with a audio reply. Uh, actually, I'm behind on that, so I have to do one of them. But keep them coming. I will uh, address you. And um, somebody had sent me one recently, and I will get back to them. So don't worry about that. But please, download the free app, Butterfly Radio. So it's one of the best apps for podcasts if you're a podcast lover. Also, go to ButterflyRadio.com, register today, and you could start your own podcast on there. All right, everybody. Um, i got a lot of fun stuff to tell you. Uh, it's going to be a good episode. I know it's late, but I'm going to make up for it with the content. I'm going to give you some really cool, interesting shit. And um, I had a whirlwind of a weekend, to be honest, but it was a, a great time, really good. And I was smart. I didn't beat myself up. So I was able and uh, able and ready for the travel and everything that I basically put my body through and my mind because, like I said, things were really early. But some really funny stuff happened. But first, I want to thank everybody. I did shows at Levity earlier in the week again. And I was at Levity for a lot of shows, uh, about eight shows in like almost a whole week. Uh, after the shows with Florentine, I was doing a bunch of shows there. I did a couple, and it was just a great time. So uh, thanks to everybody who came out, all the support, all the new Twitter followers. Thank you very much. I had a great time at that club, and hopefully I get booked there again soon because it, it is close and it, it's great, like I've stated many times before. Okay, now, um, this weekend, I was uh, opening for the great Bill Burr, who is uh, who's unbelievable, man. Like, just working with this guy is, is incredible, and, you know, um, watching a master like that, is, it's, I'm really, truly um, humbled, and, you know, I, I feel, you know what it's like, I was talking about it with... Um, with my buddy today and it's like if you guys know basketball you know you know Bobby Hurley was the point guard in the 90s for Duke and uh, he had a younger brother too and they were you know they were good basketball players unfortunately Bobby Hurley was in a in an automobile accident and it kind of screwed up his NBA career but um they were just these like little white kids and their dad would drop them off in like a black neighborhood at the playground and they were just these two little short white kids like going like in way over their head like playing with these taller bigger more athletic players and like the dad would drop them off and pick them up at the end of the day and they would get thrown into these games 
and they just started to get better and better. And then one day someone said Bobby Hurley just threw like a sick alley-oop to somebody. And then like they just got really good like that. And I feel like opening for guys like Burr, and I've had the pleasure, and, uh, you know, of, of seeing guys work and guys just being honest like Patrice O'Neill and, and just certain comedians. But being able to open for a guy like this, is it really was just like like working with the best. And, you know, for however funny you you are, However funny anybody is, when you get a chance to see it done right and or see it done, and a big thing with me, I feel like, and, and why things are, are, are going well for me, knock on wood, thank God, it is because I've just been more honest, and that really does translate better. But working with guys like this really... Um, really helps and, and really, you know, shows like, wow, there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do it. So, um, you know, and I, I only get to open for Bill, you know, he's on the West Coast, I'm out here in New York. So we only get to, you know, work together a handful of times. But when we do, you know, we make it count and have a good time. And, and I was out in Indianapolis with him. I flew out to Indianapolis, but here's how brutal this was. I was doing Indianapolis with him on Friday. And then I was doing Minnesota with him on Saturday. So what happens is uh, U.S. Airways, I want to take, I want to fly out of Westchester, which is 10 minutes from my house. I don't want to drive all the way down to the fucking city. You got to deal with all that traffic and, you know, JFK and LaGuardia is nuts. And I'm not going to drive all the way to uh, to Newark in Jersey. So I looked and I did see a flight, American Airlines flight from Westchester, which is 10 minutes from my house. It's easy. Excuse me. I am, uh, as always, drinking my uh, my Snapple here. So I get to the, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to get to the airport, but the thing is if you fly American Airlines, you have to stop in Chicago. So whatever, I'm like, fine, I'll stop at Chicago. But then all the other flights I had to catch a connection to because of, like, just because of scheduling and, like, insane prices. Like, it wasn't even like 100 or two. It was, like, insane. So, I, you know, I got to, I'm not going to, you know, do that, but... As some of you guys know, if you've been a fan of mine, if you've been listening to the show, I'm really not that comfortable with flying, but I've just done it so much now that I'm kind of like, whatever. So I fly out to Indianapolis on American Airlines, small plane, uh, like one of those Embray 135s, and I like their takeoffs. Uh, <laughs> Matarese, Joe Matarese, comedian Joe Matarese loves when I talk about it because he says I'm like a play-by-play guy of planes. And some of my fans have addressed that when they listen to the podcast and I talk about the flight, they laugh. So this is for you. I was on that like Embraer uh, Jet 135. And they, um, you know, and they're just smaller. The jets are in the back. I just like the way they take off. I feel like the takeoff and the climb is always smoother with the smaller jet. Um, I don't know why. So I did that to Indianapolis and uh, it was nice. I had that aisle to myself. But something happened on the flight really pissed me off. I'm going to give you guys the whole the whole way, the whole trip. I'm going to take you guys with me on this jam trip, okay? So I'm sitting in the back, and the, the back of the plane is pretty empty. And I would say the plane was about half full, which I enjoyed because I was just sprawled out, and I had my legs out, and I was able to lay down. So this lady, this fat bitch, and I'm going to explain to you why she's a fat bitch, and she sucked. She is sitting next to her daughter, and she gets up and moves and she moves to the seat behind her daughter, which had nobody in it. And then I was in the seat that I was in the seat behind her. 
Okay, so it's her daughter who she left alone, and then she's sitting behind the daughter, and then it's me. And she sits there, and I'm listening to my music, and I did actually was smart. I had to be up at like 5.45, 6 o'clock in the morning to catch a 7.30 flight. But I was smart. I went to bed. You know, I got my, you know, I got five and a half, six hours of sleep, which wasn't bad. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to my music and I'm, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm going to, you know, it sucks that I got to stop in Chicago, but whatever. It is what it is. Let me just deal with this and get there and get ready for the show tonight. That, that was my main focus. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to my music and I'm looking out the window of the plane and I'm just relaxing. And this lady just kind of gets up and looks at me and then like looks away and sits down. So I'm like, that's weird. Now, I'm by the, I'm like towards the back of the plane at this point, and, you know, the jets are like right near us, the, the engines, and, you know, the wings, it's really loud, so I have my headphones on, and I'm just listening to my music, and then finally this bitch just looks at me, and she goes, I'm sorry, excuse me, you think you could turn your music down a little bit? First of all, I have headphones on, and we're by the, the engines of this fucking plane, okay, and like, what does she have? Some kind of, like, unbelievable, like, what is she, Spider-Man senses of the ears? It was ridiculous. Like, what the fuck? How do you even hear that? So I took it off to see, and I'm like, how could she hear this? Nobody could hear it. She probably just heard, like, a tiny vibration coming from it, if that, and she was just being a fucking cunt. Okay? It was ridiculous. So I'm sitting there, and stupid nice me, instead of saying something to her, which I should have did, the more I think about it, the more pissed I am. Or I should have said no problem and then turned it up. That's what I should have done. You know who's great at shit like that? Like Jim Florentine. Jim Florentine's so amazing. He would have said, oh yeah, I'm sorry, no problem. And then he would have just jacked it up and just looked out the window and never addressed her again. That's what I should have did. No, but stupid Paul has to be nice and I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to piss anybody off. So I'm sitting in the seat and I just, I kind of lowered a little bit and I'm pissed off and I'm having to, I, I did the thing where I had to like kind of tell myself, I had to lie to myself and be like, oh, it's better for your ears anyway. Maybe you're listening to it too loud and maybe you'll be able to appreciate. I, I actually really literally said this to myself. I go, maybe you'll actually be able to appreciate when it is louder because, you know, you're hearing. It'll help your hearing. Bullshit. It's ridiculous. So um, I'm sitting there and my, my music is lower and I'm pissed off that I didn't say anything about it. And then I see this chick leans back and puts her pale white ass pale fat fucking ugly feet up bare feet so she takes her socks off this fat pig takes her fucking socks off and she's sitting there and she had ugly toenails and her second toe was longer like one of those toes you could crack a fucking beer with it was disgusting and somebody said yeah you should have said yeah you know what i'll turn my music down if you cover your feet you fuck oh it was disgusting she had those fat like flintstone she had like a like a fred flintstone big toe it was gross. This fat bitch is sitting there and I wanted to, ugh, it was disgusting. And I just had to fucking take it. So at the end, when we finally land in Indianapolis, I'm standing up and she kind of like looks at me again. And I could tell she looked at me. I had sunglasses on and I could tell she looked at me where she wanted to say like, thank you, or I'm sorry or whatever, like, thank you. And just kind of have like that moment where like we end any kind of like awkwardness or conflict that, you know, we might have, you know, when somebody does, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to sleep. And I heard it like, maybe she was even going to be nice, but I was so pissed that I kind of had my head to the right where like she couldn't really you know maybe she could have went out of her way and say hey i just want to let you know which lets me know that she is just a fat piece of shit and i was really pissed off about it i, I was really fucking pissed off about it i wish i could have that moment back because i even said to her I go you can hear this and she goes yeah oh my god i'm so angry at myself i'm actually really mad thinking about it right now but anyway 
So I don't give it a satisfaction to like smile or be nice or I don't even know if I did, but I, I kind of looked away. I'm, I'm just whatever. So I get to Indianapolis. So now I'm like, all right, I'm one flight away. And I thought when I got on the airplane in Chicago to go to Indianapolis. No, I'm sorry. I flew to yeah Chicago and I have to get to Indianapolis. So I figured when I uh, got on the plane in Chicago, I was like, oh, it's probably like an hour, an hour and a half to Indy. So the pilot comes on and says it's only a 30-minute flight from Chicago to Indy. So now I'm psyched, and I'm on that small plane again, and I like the way the plane takes off. And we land in um, Indianapolis, you know, 30 minutes later. So fine, I'm here now, and I think I was arriving the same time that uh, Bill was arriving. Or not too far after. Oh, no, 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 that was the the next flight. Never mind. See, I was on so many flights, and I was in so many cities that I forgot, but no, so Bill was out there, I think he was either doing radio, or he was at the hotel after radio, so when I got back to the hotel, met up with him, and we went to eat, and we were walking around Indy and stuff, and you know, hours before the first show, hours before the show, and uh, (laughs) you know, uh, I want to go to the best place to eat, or like something that's famous to eat, where all the cities I go to, I want to know like what the name of the place is, and everything. So I say, you got to go to this St. Elmo Steakhouse, which is right next to the hotel, and they have a famous spicy shrimp, and it's really spicy, and it's raw shrimp cocktail, and it's got this really spicy sauce, and we get it, and nothing I can tell you now will do the story justice of how hot this was, okay? I am not kidding. I am not exaggerating. So we get there, and I say to the guy, I was told to come here. You guys have a famous, very spicy shrimp cocktail. And the guy knows exactly what I'm talking about. And he goes, yep, it's called this. Do you want it? And we say, yes, give us two of two of them. We ate lunch somewhere else, but then we went to this place for like the capper to knock, you know, to, to get this. So the guy says to us, don't take your first bite big. It's really hot. Like, be careful. So I was like, wow, that's, that's funny, you know. And it just was this little bowl of raw shrimp that they deveined and they took the shell off and everything. It's just a shrimp and it's loaded on top with this, you know, uh, with this sauce. So um, Bill takes a bite first and like three seconds later, he's like, he's like, holy shit. And then I was like, really? And I like, sp- I go, I like spicy. Let me check. And I'm thinking maybe Bill doesn't eat as much spicy food as I do. So I take a bite of it. Guys, I swear to God, I'm not bullshitting you. It was like taking like like a spoon, like a like a baby spoonful of 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 wasabi. I mean, this shit hit my nose and brain to the point. I looked over. Bill had a tear coming out of his eye. I was I was fuck. I could not believe what hit me. And the guys like, yeah, no, I told you, you really got to go easy. So I mean, we're sitting there like we're holding our heads. By the time we were on our second shrimp. It was, our faces were, it was like, un, I couldn't even fucking believe it, how, how hot it was. So then, uh, Bill says, fuck it, I'm going big, let's see what happens, how much you give me if I do this, and he takes a big one, and then uh, he, he just couldn't bear it, and then I take a big one, and I can't bear it, and we're literally howling, and we're like, ah, ah, and the restaurant's looking at us, because we probably took clearly bigger bites, like, you know, two out-of-town idiots doing it, but it was really fucking funny, it was really hot, it was good, but not great, and um, it was a good experience, but we have tears, and you got these two East Coast guys going, yeah, how much can you take, <laughs> look, look how hot this is, it was just so ridiculous, and we actually, locals were getting a kick out of it, but you have to try it, so if you ever go, but, you know, you <laughs> go there and like don't warn somebody or something 
Bill was saying like, yeah, we tell people and you don't warn them. Like I, I was like, imagine like you just tell a bunch of people, yeah, go and kind of pull a prank on them and be like, no, you're supposed to, they say the first bite, eat the whole thing and just watch their reaction because it was really, really hot. It was horseradish. That's what it was. It was just, it was, but it was so much in the cocktail sauce and it was unbearable. So then we go out to the show and uh, there's like 1500 at the show. We did it at this, uh, the Egyptian room, um, theater. And uh, it was good. It was good. But I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I'm going to give you guys the whole trip here, and I'm going to be honest with you. I felt like, I don't know, like, as, and, and don't get me wrong, and I don't want to be picky, and I don't want to sound like that, but, you know, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. I want to have the best sets I possibly can have. I want to murder and do all that shit. And, um, you know, I did well. I had a really good set. I got amazing feedback, and I want to thank everybody in Indy, you know, all the people that, you know, wanted to take, uh, you know, pictures. And, 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 you know, it was great to just have people, like, you know, wanting, just wanting to show their appreciation for what I did on stage, you know. Um, and, and it was a great time. But I felt like I couldn't stalk the stage and walk because of where they had the, the, the stool. And the stool had all these waters on it and a towel. And I didn't want to move it. And I'm only doing like a certain amount of time up front. And I want to open the show up. So I kind of just, I don't know. Like I kind of felt a little like. I felt like I couldn't, I don't know, man, there was something about, it. I had a great time, and I had a really good set, but I feel like I could have really, um, I don't know, like I was almost just, you know, I felt like, I guess the best way to say it is, I felt like I was a quarterback, and the offensive coordinator was calling plays that worked, but just not letting me run the offense the way I wanted to, and it was nobody's fault but my own. Uh, and I had a great time, and then finally towards the end of the set, I kind of just let go, and um, I did this new piece that I'm doing in my act that's been doing um, really, really well. Um, that's going to be in my first hour, and it and it went great, and then I closed really strong, and I had a great time. So then, you know, and, and again, it was great, but I'm just being picked. I just wanted to, like, I felt like that stool being there, I had to walk around it. I just didn't like that. I know it sounds fucking nuts, but comedians probably know what I'm talking about. Um, so then... We go to Minnesota. So I have to wake up. I had to wake up at I had a 7 o'clock flight. Now this is what sucked. So after the show in Indy, we didn't really drink or anything. I think we had like one drink. We had to go back to the hotel. I had to go to the room. I had like a 5.45 wake-up call. Get to the airport around 6. Hop on this 7 o'clock flight. And the flight is to D.C., so I got to fly from Indiana to Washington, D.C. Thank you, U.S. Airways. To get to Minnesota. So I had to go fucking from the Midwest to the East, back to the mid. It was, it was just ridiculous. So, But I'm so tired, I don't care. I'm like, just get me on the plane again. I just want to get on the plane and I want to... Um, you know, get to fucking, get to where I'm going, so, but on the way to the airport, it's 5.45 in the morning, I'm exhausted, kind of have a chip on my shoulder about the show in Indy, because I felt like however good it was, it could have been a little better, um, on my end, and I, um, I go to the, I get to the car, and I'm sitting there, and the driver's looking at me, he's going, hey man, nicest guy, Kind of reminded me of like a guy from like come, like one of those African guys from Coming to America. Like, where are you going? But he was like from, I don't know. He was just he was just one of those guys, like super nice and everything. And you know, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a comedian. Really? 
But like he couldn't get over the fact that I was a comedian. What's your name? What's your name? So I'm sitting in the back. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to be as polite as I can. I'm not a morning person, as you know. And that's why I've never taken these. Forget these flights. Forget these flights. And I have. I have. I got to talk about. I got to talk about these. Um, I got to talk about something else regarding the airport. I'm going to get to it afterwards. Uh, that's going to be that. I'm going to finish the story by talking about this shit. But anyway, okay. So let me get back. Let me get back to what's going on here. All right. Follow me. I'm sorry. You got it so far, right? I flew from New York to Chicago, then a half-hour flight to Indy. Told you what happened in Indy, and now I'm on the way to the airport from Indy, 5.45 in the morning to go to Minnesota, but first I have to fly to D.C. And on that car ride, the guy's going, oh, so you're a comedian, huh? Great, great. What's your name? Uh, Paul Verzi. Oh, Paul what? Paul Verzi. V-I-R-Z-I. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm out here. You know, I'm, I got to go to Minnesota. Uh, tonight. Oh, okay, great, great. Let me, um, you got stuff on YouTube? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff online you could check out. Hey, let's do it now. And I swear to you people, this guy puts in the fucking, he, he's got this big, I don't know what his phone was, like a Galaxy or something, and he puts the fucking wire from the phone into the, into the fucking car. And all of a sudden, I hear like a podcast I'm on. I think it was actually when I was on Burr's and there was like a part about Burr, talk, Burr talking about God or like how like creation, something. When we were on, uh, somebody had given Burr a question on his podcast when I was a guest and he like answered it and it was a religious thing. And I'm like, no, no, that's actually my friend, man. That's a podcast I was on. He goes, oh, okay, okay, let me scroll. Then he finally scrolls to one of my bits. And I, I'm sitting in the back of a car. It's dark out. It's not even 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm fucking exhausted. I have to sit on two airplanes. One, which is in the other fucking direction of my final destination of that day. And I'm just listening to myself. And this guy's laughing. <laughs> and I'm doing a joke about my kids or something. And this guy's sitting there laughing and listening and like looking at me for my reaction. And I'm all I'm thinking to myself is, can we just get to the fucking airport? And the guy was so nice. That's the thing. Like I had to tip the guy... I had to tip the guy well, and I had to, you know, do all the right things because the guy was genuinely like this guy was a sweetheart of a guy, you know, like to, like. But it was just too early for his happiness, but really too early for me to be listening to myself on the way to a place where I had to fucking fly all over the country to get to a gig and do my job. So that was that was a little annoying. But the guy was nice, so I get to the airport, and I have to fly to to DC. So I said, look, there's nothing you could do. This is the route that U.S. Airways is taking. All right, just get to the fucking airport, get on the airplane, go to D.C., go to your terminal, and get to Minnesota. So that's what I do. I fly out. I'm whatever. I'm fine. Trying to rest and sleep. I barely can. Then I get out to, um, I get out and, and I, I, I get to Minnesota. Now. Minnesota, I had like, I was like, all right, man, I was really focused on my act for the night. We're doing two shows at the State Theater, which is like 2,100 people. It's an absolutely beautiful venue. The, the theater was amazing. It was built in the early 1900s, and then I guess they renovated it in like 1990 or 1991. Beautiful, though. If you ever want to Google it, um, some of these places in the history of them are, are incredible. So I get to uh, I get to my hotel, and... Um, I was just so tired from everything that, you know, we were going to meet up and eat. And we were, I was like, look, man, I was like, I'll see you at the show tonight. Or I was like, let's get an early dinner before the show. The first show was at 7. So I said, let's get an early dinner before the show, the first show. But I got to sleep. So I go into my hotel room and I close these big ass curtains. And I just, and my room was pitch black at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 
and, or, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, and I just slept for like four or five hours. I just slept, got rejuvenated, did all that stuff, and then we met up, and we have a dinner, and we go to this, uh, we go to this theater, and tonight, I'm, I mean, this night, I'm ready. Saturday night, I was like, fuck this, dude. I'm ready. Like, I'm going out there. I, like, I made sure I looked at the stool. I made sure that it was, like, where it was all good and it didn't have a million waters on it. It was just one little wooden stool the way that it should be. And, uh, you know, I checked it out and I sized up the room. You know, I like to do that a lot. When I do a big theater with, uh, you know, Bill... One thing, like, we both like to do, but I like to just, I always like to look at the room, you know, when we, the Carnegie Hall, the story I told where we just kind of walked out when it was empty, and it was like that Roman Empire gladiator shit, you're just looking around, and you just kind of take it all in, and you take the stage and the feel, so I did that, and I had my set written out, you know, in Indy, I was like, oh, I got this, I know what I'm going to do, because I was doing so many shows, and I did know what I was going to do, but I just, I, this night, I was just so, like, fucking just into into just just getting this man and uh so I wrote out my set and I had like the direction that I wanted to go and I wanted to make sure that I'm putting in the new bits and I'm not gonna lie uh, I have to give insane insane amount of props to the, the 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 comedy scene in Minnesota I'm not kidding man it was insane it it was fucking insane guys it was I'm not kidding like I walked out there and um, 2,100 people, and, you know, they're going nuts, and I I just, you know, I started out the show, like, what's going, and this place erupted, like, I've never had a comedy crowd hurt to the point where it hurt my ears, I remember one time I was at a Seattle Seahawks game, and that's the loudest, that's the loudest stadium in football, I think it's the way they designed the place, but it, like, I remember seeing a lady, I talked about on the podcast, she must have had, like, a five, six-month-old baby with her, and I was really pissed off she didn't have earmuffs on the baby, because me, as an adult, my ears were hurting, this place in Minnesota did that, it was insane, and, like, I'm up there, and I'm not gonna lie, man, we, we tore that place apart, I don't know if I've ever been a part of a stand-up comedy show where from top to bottom, the, the eruptions in a room of that many people, I've ever seen anything like that, and I'm not saying that because I was on it, because I'll be the first to say whatever, you know, one thing that I try to do, like you guys know on this show, is I'll tell you the truth, you know, I would tell you I fucking bombed, I told you, in India I did really well, but I didn't feel it, um, you know, I've said on this podcast many times that I just didn't do well or I just shit didn't go the way I wanted to or, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. This shit was insane. I had fun. The crowd was in- incredible, you know, to just have that many people and, and it was awesome. And then I bring Bill out and I swear to God, when I brought Bill out, I thought the, the roof was going to blow off the place and we kind of just looked at each other. I kind of just gave him a look like... <laughs> I just gave him this look like we just made eye contact and he was smiling and he fucked with me about it on stage because he knew he's like, yeah, Verzi's feeling this shit, you know, Um, and he went up there and he did his thing and he just fucking just, I mean, this guy is, he just went up there and murdered and then the second show filed in and the second show was amazing. I mean, the first show, like from one to 10, like a scale of one to 10, they were like a 12 second show. They were like a nine and a half, 10, like that's how good it was. It was ridiculous. And I have to thank everybody in Minnesota for all of your kind words and your kind tweets and the, and the amazing feedback. And, you know, um, it's, it's really humbling, man. It, it's it's the, the people and the appreciation for what you do is, is great. And um, I'm, I'm real thankful for it. But the, the, that's probably, I have to say, like Minnesota jumped to number one. And people were saying, Bill was telling me that they're, they're notorious. Like they, I mean, not notorious, they're known. 
Maybe notorious. I don't know. Notorious is being known for something bad. So I guess, but they're known. Like they have a reputation for being like the insane comedy crowds. And like it was like they, it was like, like hitting a three pointer at Madison Square Garden in the 90s when like you were in the fourth quarter with the Bulls. Like that's what they would do. And if like if they loved a joke, it was insane. And, um, just had an amazing, an amazing night of stand-up. It was probably, like, the most insane. I mean, nothing will ever top Carnegie Hall, but this was, like, probably just as far as getting work in, doing new jokes, working the crowd. I even had an interaction. I'm doing this new bit about grizzly bears. And this one guy yelled something from the crowd when I did it. He was really into bears, I guess. And I just had so much fun with him, man. And, like, I had, like, some improv moment that like tore the place up and it was just a great fucking great time <laughs> i was talking about grizzly bears and this dude just yells out in his packed theater he was like fuck yeah and let's just say i had a lot of fun with that and um it was it was it was, it was fun as shit man uh so, <laughs> so uh yeah i mean I definitely dressed like I, I looked like a you know a typical stupid New Yorker. I'm on stage. I got like a nice like black T-shirt on, and I got jeans, and I got my you know my new like Adidas sneakers on. Like I looked so out of place, but Burr was fucking with me. He was saying I look like he's like look at Verzi coming up here looking like Kanye West. He was fucking with me, but we had a really good time, and uh, the Minnesota was off the hook. The guy running it, like you know, you get like the 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 green room or the, uh, you know, the dressing room. And, you know, usually you have certain things in there, but like he overdid it. Like he came in with like sandwiches. Like you guys come on beers. Yeah. You want soda. Like they just overdid it. They were so nice there, man. The people were so nice. I will say this. I did see some weird shit though from the people in Minnesota. Like one guy I'm looking online and the guy had horns. Like the guy had like devil, like those little devil horns sticking out of his fucking head. And I'm like, are those like prosthetic? Are those like makeup? Like, what, what is that? You know, like, I, I just didn't know. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it doesn't look like makeup. It doesn't look like a Halloween thing. So then he gets online, and he was online to take a picture with Bill or, or to buy Bill's DVD or whatever. And I see Bill look at it, and, like, me and the, and the people that are behind the thing, like, wait, like, you know, at the end of the show when people are filing out, I'm looking. And I said to the lady, I was like, did... did Dude, Bill, hold on, guys. I'm sorry. I got to, my daughter's crying on this monitor. I got to fucking, Jesus. All right. Sorry about that. Sitting here in the middle of a story. <laughs> uh, my daughter and I had a great day. She's fucking hilarious. But anyway, so I'm, um, I'm looking at this guy, and the lady leans over and goes, yeah, Bill asked him what it is, and he actually had silicone implants of horns in his fucking head. It was the weirdest thing. It looked like a Hollywood movie, but this guy actually had it under his skin of his forehead. So these, like, little, like, triangle things, like, sticking out of this guy's fucking head like horns. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Then there was somebody else in there with, there was a lot of, like, piercings and weird, I mean, you're in Minnesota, and I'm not, I mean, the people, some some people, great, normal, other people look really fucked up. There was a lot of B.O. on the line, but uh, one guy hat was just rocking, like, a fucking straight-up Abraham Lincoln top hat. You know, there was definitely some weird weirdos, but best comedy crowd I've ever been a part of, I've ever seen, ever. 
just amazing people and uh, the the respect and the you know it was really great so uh thank you to everybody who came out to the state theater to watch me open for bill burr uh and said the nice things about it or to watch bill burr and then say the nice things about me opening that'd be funny if someone's like yeah we're going to see bill burr's opener tonight great time and like i said working with bill is the best so that was amazing and um but what sucked is I had a 7 a.m. flight back to New York, which you guessed it, stopped at Philly. So I had, we had a, and Bill had a 7 o'clock flight or a 7.20 flight. So we went back to the hotel. I mean, we went back to the, uh, we went to the airport together in the morning. But by the time the second show was over, we were done, grabbed a bite to eat. You're talking two hours. I didn't even really sleep. So I just packed up, got ready, got in the cab, went to the airport at 5.30 in the morning, got there at 6 o'clock in the morning, ate something, and just trying to sleep on these planes. And that plane flew to Philadelphia. And then I had to get on a really small plane, which I thought I was going to have to get, because they take you all the way across. When I got to Philadelphia, they take you all the way across to another terminal for U.S. Airways small planes with the two propellers and shit. So I'm freaking out and I'm starting to tweet like, fuck, I got to go on these two propeller planes. I've never done that shit before. I don't want to do that shit. And uh, luckily it was just another one of those um, jets. The regular jet came in and uh, I got to get on that. And that was a 20 minute flight. So here, guys, you doing the math here? How nuts is this? It's fucking New York to Chicago, Chicago to Indianapolis. Indianapolis to Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. to Minnesota, Minnesota to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia to New York City and LaGuardia. So I basically, in in two and a half days, was on six airplanes in six cities, did three theater shows, and um, but we didn't drink like idiots. We didn't party too much. We had a couple, We were, but we were behaved, and uh, that's why I was able to get through it. Came home last night, passed out at 6 o'clock. Um, but the one thing that I had to talk about here, okay, and it, it, it's going to sound like I'm trying to fucking be funny. I'm not. I'm being dead serious. It is funny, but it's actually alarming and it's weird. Okay. What happened to pilots, people? Do you remember when pilots were in shape? Do you remember when pilots were like in the movie Catch Me If You Can when little kids looked up to them and they were tall and they were thin and they looked like they were fucking like ex-military. They looked like they fucking played the part. I'm walking through the ho- I'm walking through one of these airports and the food court is there and I pass a McDonald's and there's this fat fucking pilot sitting in a chair in at McDonald's and he's got his big fucking baseball manager gut, which you never should see with a pilot. All right, this guy's going to be flying people. His fucking heart rate's probably raced up like a fucking lab rat. And he's sitting there, and he's keeled over, and he's murdering this burger. This fat mess who's about to fly all these souls, all these lives that he's responsible for. Okay, with that McDonald's shit rumbling around in his gut during turbulence, this fat guy. And he's sitting there, and he's just looking so content. He's just murdering this sandwich. You know, and you could tell, you know when a fat person gets satisfied, like he had that fat person, like I'm satisfied with every bite, like he loved it. He loved the shit he was eating. And I'm walking by and I'm just shaking my head looking at this guy going, holy shit, I don't want that guy flying me anywhere. You know, you know when an animal eats, 
you know when you see like a tiger or a lion and their cubs are like getting the scraps of what they did and they got red all over their face and they're licking their chops and they look really satisfied? Like that's what this guy was doing. You know, or like a snake that slithers away with a big lump of the outline of a pig in its belly and it's going to go sleep for a month. That This guy was like sitting there like that and I'm going, this guy's going to fucking fly somebody? Listen, I want my pilots with a mustache, like I said, a slight sense of arrogance. I don't want him to have McRib sauce on his upper lip when he's flying me somewhere. Seriously, like there should be a weight requirement. That guy, that fat fuck is going to have a heart attack and then it's going to be up to some kid who's like a pilot intern who's going to be shitting his pants because he's got some fat fucking guy with, you know, a Big Mac lodged in his esophagus who can't breathe anymore. And this guy's, you know, going to be smelling all his like French fry burps. It's It's ridiculous. Not all of them, I got to say. Some of the some of the guys are good. But some of these guys, man, they got to get it together, man. It's not the same. They're learning on simulations and they're learning on fucking Xbox how to fly. It's ridiculous. I don't want the guy that's flying my plane to have just to be eating McDonald's. I don't. I don't I don't, I don't fucking want it. Get the fuck out of here, man. Are you serious? I want my pilot to be sipping on some water, maybe a lemonade, eating a salad, something normal. So, that was a little alarming. If you are a pilot, and you're standing there, and you're the person that people are kind of looking to for assurance, right? You know, you look at him, you're like, alright, this guy... You almost want your pilot to look like the type of guy that goes, listen, guys, just get in the back of the fucking plane. Let me handle this. I got this. All right, sit back, relax. I'm going to take you to where you need to go. It's going to be fine. You want to look at that. You don't want some guy like, you know, burping or looking around like a nervous wreck because he doesn't know if he's going to shit his pants mid-flight or mid-takeoff because he just had fucking three burgers. (laughs) I don't don't want that. I want to write to an airline. I got to figure out, like, I really want to, like, I, I, I'm going to talk about this on stage a lot, but pilots got to get their act together, man, seriously. I think there should be a weight requirement. They say, and this is true, they say for every inch of your gut that's, like, hangs over your belt, for every inch of your stomach that is, like, you know, more than what it should be, your heart is five years older per inch. Because I never understood what it means when they say your heart is older than you. Your heart can be older than you. If you're a really fat person... Okay, male or female, if you're really fat and your gut is hanging out there, your heart is working extra for that. So you could be a 30 or a 35-year-old, you know, individual, but your heart is working like you're a 45 or 55-year-old man or woman just because of all of that excess weight that's like, you know, the pressure and, and making your, your organs do that extra work. You should not have that in the cockpit of a plane at 37,000 feet, regardless if there's a co-pilot. And what if the co-pilot's eating that shit? I mean, the chances of that really being, that'd be really fucked up if two guys had like a stroke or a heart attack because they both ate McDonald's together. But who knows what the fuck, you know? So that was what I, that was my little, that was my little spiel on pilots. But I, I was really concerned about it because, you know, it's ridiculous. Guy looks like he should be working in a fucking dick sporting goods. And he's the guy going, yeah, we're third in line for the takeoff. Just sit back and relax while uh, my bowels go through hell here. <laughs> so 
folks, we're third in line for takeoff, but my stomach is rumbling like a motherfucker, and we're going to taxi back so I could take the shit of a lifetime, and then we could take off and get you people in the air. Sorry about that. <laughs> By the way, does anybody have an extra pair of trunks in their luggage? <laughs> hey, folks, this is your pilot speaking. Uh, Excuse me, folks. So I just had some Arby's, and I had a little McDonald's. We're going to be fifth in line. Does anybody have any Tums? I need, like, three Tums before I can get this fucker off the ground. If anybody has three Tums, please give it to your flight attendant. And uh, I'll be up here puking for five minutes. We'll be off the ground shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Hey, folks, just want to let you know the weather in Detroit's going to be, uh... <laughs> we got 41 degrees, clear skies, winds at about 10 miles an hour, and I uh, just want to let you guys know when you get to the Detroit airport, if you go to the food court, stay the fuck away from that Burger King. Trust me, folks. We'll be off the ground shortly. Enjoy your flight. <laughs> uh... That's what that's what flying as much as I have has done to me. I'm judging the the appearance of pilots. I don't even like I don't even like when the flight attendants uh, look old. Cause then you just get that thing in your mind like fuck man are they due for a bad flight? They've been doing this for so long. You look at people's faces and you judge people's faces. <laughs> you ever do that? You ever look at somebody and you're like, oh fuck, they got the I'm gonna die young look on their, f- they got a die young like a die young face, or they got like that person's an asshole face, or they got like you know they're good at their job but everybody hates them face. I just look at people's faces and I judge them. But uh, oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, because you know he's got to be thinking that. Like you know, there's had to be a pilot that's been in the cockpit. Who like leans over to to his co-pilot and says something, you know? Like he's like, "All right, folks, we're gonna be flying thirty-seven thousand feet. Uh, we're uh, we got good weather here. The um, the winds are gonna be ten miles an hour from the east. Should be no problem. Uh, should have a nice clear flight for you. All right. Um, thanks for flying, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All of a sudden, he's like." Leans over to his buddy. He's like, I got to tell you something. I may shit. Like, you may have to take this one. <laughs> Listen, this one's you, dude. Like, I, I'm going to be in that toilet probably from here till like, Kentucky. I'm not kidding you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're ready, Junior. All right. Uh, but one of the airports, I got my sugar-free gummy bears. There's a place, uh, you know, those insanely expensive, uh, just the, the insanely expensive candy shops and everything, all that shit. So, there's a Natalie's uh, candy jar. And I went into a Natalie's candy jar some ridiculous time, like 6 in the morning. And uh, I said to the uh, lovely young lady working there, I said, uh, you guys have any sugar-free? And she goes, yeah, behind you. And I said, you mind if I just taste one? Because, you know, sometimes sugar-free tastes like shit. And she gave me this green gummy bear. It was delicious. I got a bag of them, and they were amazing. I shared them with my wife and son when I got home, and they were great. So that was good. Okay, guys, no movies. Again, like I said, the last thing I'm thinking about when I have to work at night and be to the airport at 6 o'clock in the morning is going to the movies. But uh, my schedule is not as crazy this week, so I might try to catch one. I might try to catch one, but really nothing to be that like excited about. I almost went to Dead Man Down, and then I didn't. 
I was literally standing at the movie theater looking up and I realized, you know what, I got to fly away in a day and I just want to go home and relax. So I did not see that, but I'm going to um, see something and have something. Uh, and by the way, if you have any movies that you recommend to me, please go to Butterfly Radio, recommend them to me on an audio message. I'll definitely see them, you know, if, you know, I'll give you a couple strikes. You know, if you give me a shitty movie once, everyone's entitled to a recommendation that sucks. If you give me two shitty movies, I'm going to be really hesitant. Three, you're done. So we'll do like the three strikes rule with that. Like if, if I get like, if you recommend me something and it's really shitty, I don't know if I could do it after three times. But, you know, I'll give you a strike or two. But three strikes, you're out. So, uh, sports. Let's talk sports for a second. And you know what? Hold on. I got to pause. But you guys won't feel it. Okay, I'm back. How long was it? Was it hours? Was it a minute? Now, to be honest, I had to just go in the kitchen and grab one thing. So that was just a couple of minutes there. So here we go. Sports. Looks like Tiger Woods is back, man. I'm telling you. You give that guy some blonde vagina and he's just a monster. I mean, he's just got ranked number one in the world. He just won... um, was that his third time this year already? He's, He's winning and I'm excited about it because we're going to the Masters to the uh, Saturday, the round on Saturday at the Masters, which uh, I think is on the 13th or so. And he's, you know, if he's winning this thing, it'll be great to be there. Last time we went, Mickelson won. So if we could go and see Tiger try to pull this off, that would be amazing, you know, pull it off. It'd be amazing. But um, Tiger Woods looking good, and it's now and ever. You know when I noticed something? Because he had said that, you know, he put some pictures out of him and Lindsey Vaughn, his new girlfriend, the skier, and um, he just looked like, he finally looked like he was back. You know, like the smile, his face, he kind of looked like he was back. And he's just saying to himself, yeah, man, you know. You give me some of this blonde vagina, I don't know. That's it. That's that's what, you know, forget Wheaties, the breakfast of champions. Just give this guy a blonde bitch and it's over, man. This guy's back, so we'll see what happens. But it's good to see and, you know, I think he's going to win a couple of majors this year. I think he's definitely going to win one, but he might win two. And, um... You know, listen, don't condone what he does. Don't condone cheating on your wife with fucking a woman in every state. I really don't. But, you know, the guy paid for it. He paid $250 million for it. Um, He, you know, let's be honest. He lost his kids for half the time. uh, Went through a lot of shit. And uh, fine, maybe rightfully so. But he he paid the price and he got caught and he apologized. And now he's back. And look, that's all you could, that's all you could ask for. So... You know, and people that hate him so much, like they've ever lived in his shoes, which they didn't. So I, I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, and we'll see what happens. Uh, NCAA, I'm going to the championship game. That's going to be in Atlanta. We're going to do that too. So that's going to be amazing. It's going to be sick. Uh, it's going to be me, Bill Burr, Jason Lawhead, um, who's a really funny comic from uh, Cleveland who lives out in L.A. I'm really looking forward to, you know, uh, just us just having a great time, and it's going to be really fun. So, um uh, you know, Atlanta down to South Beach tour is going to be amazing, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. And the Sweet 16 has a lot of good teams in it, so like hopefully you could see like an Indiana or a Duke or you know a Michigan, Kansas. There's a lot of good teams you know in there, and uh, or it wouldn't be bad seeing a, a Cinderella team. So that's going to be good too. Uh, the Knicks, Knicks won four in a row after losing four in a row. Makes me feel good. I was rooting against the Heat tonight. They got 27 in a row. Uh, fuck the Heat, man. I'm serious. Everyone's like, oh, the Heat could be one of the best teams ever. Of course it could be one of the best teams ever. Look at it. It's stacked. 
three huge names on one team, the best player in the world included in that, an unbelievable bench. Like I, I hate people. Like, this is amazing. It's not amazing. It's not amazing. What would have been amazing if he stayed in Cleveland, did it in Cleveland, and won a championship in Cleveland. That would have been amazing. This isn't amazing. This is what stacked teams do. This is what this is what's supposed to happen. I fucking can't believe. I hate that shit when people say that. No, this is this is uh, this might be one of the best teams. Of course, it's one of the best fucking teams. It has LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. It has an insane bench. Battier, Mike Miller. Uh, what's it called? They got Ray Allen shooting threes. Rashad Lewis shooting threes. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. And you know something? If somebody actually had the balls and if they didn't all kiss his ass or if they weren't scared that they weren't going to, you know, that the, people, the players would be mad at him, they would say, LeBron, what do you say to your critics who just say, of course they should win. It's a pile on, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stacked ass team that has everybody to win. You left to go play with superstars, and that's why you're winning. Nobody wants to say that. That's really what it is. Oh, my God. I hope the Knicks beat those fucking guys. That would be unbelievable. All right. That's it for sports. What's up? Oh, man. We're 48 minutes in. 48 minutes in. Episode 104. The Bursey Effect Podcast Show, sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download that free app on your iPhone, Butterfly Radio. Send audio messages up to five minutes to your favorite podcast on there, like the Bursey Effect, and we'll get back to you. Um, okay. Plugs. Interesting week I have. I have an interesting week because I am auditioning for the David Letterman Show on Wednesday at The Stand. That's right. The people from the David Letterman show are coming to look at a group of comedians, um, which I am included in. And I'll be honest with you, I really don't know what the fuck I'm going to do yet. I pretty much have the idea of the jokes, but I got to put it together and uh, and time it right. And then if the time is not right, shave something off. So, But it's a great opportunity and I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, got some other things brewing. We'll see what happens. But I got the Letterman audition on uh, Wednesday. I'll be at Stand Up New York on Tuesday. I got the Letterman audition at the Stand, where I'm doing five TV-friendly clean minutes, which I'm very used to doing. Everybody, I'm very used to doing clean, clean TV-friendly for Middle America material. That's right in my wheelhouse. Um, I'm sure you could sense the sarcasm there. And then um, just going to be running around, working on some new material, working on some some showcase stuff uh, before the uh, tour in Atlanta uh, that starts in Atlanta, I should say, and then goes down south. So for more dates and more shows, go to the Verzi, uh, paulverzi.com. Oh, guys, please, too. I know you've been doing it, but uh, please more, um, if you can, uh, please go to iTunes and uh, not only download the show, the Verzi Effect podcast show, but please uh, send as many comments as you can. I'm getting more and more, and it's really helping. And the numbers of the podcast are truly just, you know, climbing and climbing. But uh, the more exposure that it gets on iTunes, the better, and the more comments makes that happen. So please, uh, please continue. You guys have been great with the Butterfly Radio and everything. Please download the app, but also please go to iTunes and leave your comments. I really appreciate it, and the show feels it. So um, do that, 
And yeah, like I said, paulverzi.com, go to that for more dates. And I'm going to be adding more dates, of course, as, um, you know, myself and my, my management representation are, you know, looking to get me to a, uh, a comedy club near you, everybody. That's what I'm looking to do. So um, thank you again. This has been episode 104. Watch out for your pilots. Look at their Look at their health. Look at how they look. And if you're unhappy, I would call. I would call because it's unacceptable. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to close with. Unacceptable for the week. A pilot with a gut. If you are a pilot and you have a gut and you are sitting in a food court eating fucking McDonald's while passengers are walking by seeing that fat, satisfied look on your face. I remember one time I was at Yankee Stadium with my older brother and we were just laughing. This fat Yankee fan was sitting there and he just took one of these bites, one of these huge bites of a chocolate glazed donut. And I mean, this was a man bite. This was like like almost half the donut in one bite. And we'll never forget, we, me and my brother just looked at each other and started laughing because he had like it, just his big cheek of just chewing donut on his big cheek and he had that satisfied fat person look. And he's watching the game. Now that guy should have that. He's a fat man and he's sitting at Yankee Stadium and he's probably drinking beer and eating donuts and doing everything that's probably going to kill him by 70 or 75. I hope not. God forbid. But that's the guy who should be doing that. A guy who's staring at a baseball field with a Miller Lite in front of him. His fat cheek chewing on, you know, some chocolate glazed donut. Not a man who was about to have... A bunch of strangers that he's in charge for their lives at 37,000 feet. It is completely, absolutely unacceptable. You are a pilot, not a cab driver. So, unacceptable for the week. Make sure you watch that. Um, And that's pretty much it. Don't fly from the middle of the country to the east to go west again. That's another stupid thing. Watch that. Learn from this. That's uh, that's pretty much it. It went quick. I had fun. I hope you did. Check out that hot shrimp cocktail dish at St. Elmo Steakhouse in Indianapolis, downtown Indianapolis. And um, if some fat bitch on an airplane tells you to turn your music down when she moved her seat. That's another thing. She moved her seat back. So what I could have said was, you know something, ma'am? You're a signed seat. Your assigned seat is actually ahead of me where you probably wouldn't hear my music. So why don't you either cover your fucking feet up and go back to your seat and leave me the fuck alone. Or shut your fucking mouth and take the music that you're hearing because you moved your seat. So, you know what, as... As I see how people behave and I see how some people suck and you know fortunately in comedy you you come around a lot of people there's a ton of people in the crowd but you could see like how some people are just really fucking either selfish or narcissistic or pieces of shit and you know something now that I have kids and I see it more and more if an adult acts unacceptable I'm just going to really fucking just like I sh- what I should have said was looking back I would be like nah ma'am I'm not I'm not sorry sorry you moved your seat back here I'm listening to my music how I want to listen to it I'm sorry if you want to start something, talk to the. You could talk to the fucking flight attendant, but I'm not changing anything, okay? And to be honest, if you want to cause a stink about it, I'm gonna cause. I'm gonna cause a stink about your fat, pale, Fred Flintstone fucking feet sitting up there, and I have to look at your fucking toenails and your second toe, which is coming out looks like a fucking hook, your second meat hook, toe, 
Okay, that's bothering me. So the same way my little muffled music, it probably was so little to her too. That's what sucks. You could tell, you could tell even the way she talked to the flight attendant, she was just one of these privileged bitches. I should say, yeah, why don't you cover those, cover those claws that you call feet. Cover, cover your fucking grizzly bear feet that can crack a beer or twist off a pickle bottle or whatever the fuck. All right, why don't you do that? And then if you do that, maybe I'll think about lowering my music. You fat bitch with your ugly, tiny little square toenail on your big toe. Fucking Andre the Giant foot or whatever. I don't even know what Andre the Giant's feet looked like, but something tells me her big toe was a mini version of his as far as the toenail. I don't know. Maybe Andre the Giant had a bigger toenail. God rest his soul. But you know what I'm saying. She had ugly, stupid Fred Flintstone feet. It was fucking disgusting. She should have covered him up. I'm so fucking angry that I didn't say anything. I really am. I'm so pissed off at that. Oh my God, can you turn your music down? Why? It's my fucking music. I'm on an airplane right now. There's jet engines here. There's The fans are on. How loud is it in here? What are you, fucking Spider-Man ears? God forbid you hear a little muffle. Or maybe you didn't like my song or whatever. Fuck you. Oh my God, man. I'm so, I'm, I'm, this, is gonna, this is eating at me. It's killing me. It's absolutely killing me. I need to see that. I need to see your fat, fucking disgusting kangaroo foot just curled over the fucking seat. I need to watch that when I'm sitting there unless I close my eyes. <sighs> it's bullshit, man. It's bullshit. Fuck you and your, your comfort. You're fat. You shouldn't be comfortable anyway. Why don't you lose weight and then you don't have to worry about leaving your daughter alone because you need to sprawl out. You sit next to your daughter or whoever you're with. How about that? Why don't you bond with her instead of thinking of your own fat comfortableness? You fat, barefooted bitch. Fucking ugly toes. I should have said that. I should have said, she had no problem, ugly toes. Listen, I'm going to order a beer in a second. You think you could crack it for me by putting your fat hook back here? Ah, uh, God, I'm so pissed I should have said something. I'm too nice, man. I'm too nice sometimes. I really am. Oh, man, I got to tell Florentine and see what he says about that. All right, everybody, so unacceptable for the week. We'll do a double combined fat pilots and fat inconsiderate um, passengers. Now, I could understand if she was sitting next to me trying to sleep, I had it like insanely awkwardly loud and like other people heard it and it was clearly like a nuisance like it was clearly a problem that I understand but not this wasn't the case and shouldn't that be like here's another thing real quick I know I'm ranting but fuck it what are you doing you're gonna listen because I'm giving you extra time we're not even in an hour yet all right so if I feel like talking I'm gonna talk more um I'm giving you show people here's the thing shouldn't that be a rule on the plane like, who knows? What if she's going to take one of her big-ass fucking shoes and just start knocking somebody in the head with them? Like, shouldn't you? Shouldn't that be? I think that that should be a rule on a plane, that you can't take your shoe off. Maybe you use it for a weapon. What if somebody had high heels on it? What if somebody had shoes that had heels that were, like, kind of strong heels, and one of their fucking enemies was on the plane, and they decided to take it and start beating them over the fucking head with it? How about that? That should be a rule. I don't want to see your bare fucking feet so you could take your feet. What if your feet smell? You're going to take your shoes off and your socks with your big fat sweaty feet and that's fine? That's okay on an airplane? 
but God forbid, you know, little stupid things. You can't keep your headphones on when they're giving the safety thing, even if they're fucking, even if your if your music's not on. Like I'm not deaf; they're just resting in my ears. That's okay. I mean, that's not okay. But taking your fucking big cleat off in the middle of a plane and taking the socks off too—that's okay. So it could smell and make people uncomfortable, or they just have to see. What if somebody's got a foot phobia? That's a real thing. People got feet phobia. Like, like what? What happens if somebody freak is, is freaked out by feet, and the the plane is packed, and the person in front of them puts their bare ass feet up, and then they're uncomfortable, and then it triggers off some crazy panic attack? That's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay at all. So that's bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Fuck that lady. And I'm not flying with fat pilots. Or I'm going to say like, I'm going to say like, listen, if the pilot's really fat, I'm going to be like, listen, can I see the co-pilot? Because if the co-pilot's fat too, I'm not going to do it. Some dude has a fucking... Some dude's heart, heart explodes because he goes to fucking Outback Steakhouse too much and I got to worry about that at 37,000 feet in the air. It's ridiculous. All right, everybody. That's the story. I'm out of here. My name is Paul Verzi. Download the Butterfly Radio app and please go to iTunes and send your comments. Until episode 105, I will see you guys. I will get this one out sooner than later. Thank you so much, everybody. You guys are the shit. The Verzi Effect podcast is out until the end of the week. Later. <laughs>